What you need to do when your divorce is final. On today's podcast, we're talking about all the post-decree or is it decree tasks that we're gonna do for you after your divorce is final. This is the Lady Lawyer League podcast, Omaha's leading lady lawyers, empowering women to be legal savvy. Hosted by Susan Ruff and Tracy hightower Henny of hightower Ruff Law. Welcome back to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. On today's episode, we're gonna talk about after the divorce. We also call that post-decree, post-decree tasks, usually. What's a decree? Degree. Well, we do have a lot of clients say uh, degree in in place of decree, which is the final court order that says, you know, all the things that need to happen. And at some point we were like, we should start giving our clients degrees. Yes. Here's your degree, you've graduated. Degree in single life? Like, what would the degree be in? Happiness? Yes. I mean, for most clients. Yeah. Yeah, it can be a really happy transition to get divorced. I've heard an attorney use the word degree instead of decree also. Listen, when I graduated, though, like... Listen. When I graduated from college and law school, it was like graduating into the, like, oh, shit, adult life. So even when you... (laughs) If you graduate from your divorce, you know, like, it's cool, like, Good, I finished oh, this thing. Oh. It's also like, oh God, what's what now? Right, right. Like it's a new world. So it's exciting, but it can also be really, you know. Yeah, for sure. Stressful? Yes, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for, for, so, sure, for sure. All right, so after your divorce is final typically means when the decree is entered. Yes, I always tell people the decree is the final order. Yeah, and then we like to say it ain't over till it's over. It is not over. Most of the time, it's not over. Yeah, you're usually going to have a lot of things to do after the decree is entered. And it depends, of course, a lot on what you had going on. Right. So, like money and kids and yeah. house. A lot of it has to do with um, changing ownership of house titles, um, car titles, things like that, changing ownership of banks over, and then um, setting up new things like child support payments and changing yeah. retirement accounts. So when you get divorced and you and one person gets the house, they have a lot of work to do. If they're keeping the yeah, house. If yeah, they're keeping the house. So I think the biggest thing is, um, and I like to equate it oftentimes to, like you shouldn't do your own divorce if you have a house or retirement accounts. So those are two of the big things that have a lot to, a lot of work yes. to do after the decree. Yes. So, if someone is keeping the house, usually the loan was in both spouses' names. Right. And it's gonna be required that they refinance. Now, in today's market, Oof. the interest rates are really concerning for people having to refinance. Right. And it may change in completely their budget. Um, right, because they might- Payment's gonna be. Together, the mortgage might have a lower interest rate, but they have to refi with current market rates yeah which we probably would have had this conversation with our clients well before the decree gets entered that they need to talk to a mortgage specialist they need to talk to someone specifically about whether they can qualify to refinance on their own right um what their interest rate looks like and then inevitably what the mortgage payment amount is right yeah so with it what it means is if one spouse is keeping the house and they have to refinance, the purpose of that is not only to change the names on the mortgage and the title, it's to 
most likely pay the other spouse some equity from the house. That's right. Which nobody ever wants to do. <laughs> and so you're also cashing out some equity, which also increases your mortgage payment, right? all those things. Yeah. But, but those things, you know, we're going to know that before the decree gets entered, most Wait, likely. Wait, it's not a surprise? <laughs> well, sometimes it is, right? People don't listen. <clears throat> if they've been listening to their attorney, right, they would know what they're getting and how to, it's going to work. Yeah, and usually the decree is going to have language about the house in there that says if they're unable to or unwilling to refinance the mortgage to remove the other spouse's name, then they have to sell the house. Right. And gives the other person some of the money. Some of the equity. Yeah. yeah. So that's a huge step after the divorce is final is figuring out what happens with the house or at least executing the steps in the decree of what's going to happen with the house. Right. The other thing, too related to the house is where's all the stuff going oh and god we, oh. <laughs> you we, mean like the teacups and the um, couches and punch bowl microwaves what's what's one of the things that you've had to fight about in a case personal property wise um art like someone said art was really important end tables yeah. I had a trial with end tables. <clears throat> were they, they actually special? No, they actually weren't fighting about it. And my client was like, I thought he came over and took everything he wanted. And then at trial, it was like, I didn't get enough end tables. I didn't get my <laughs> art. I didn't get all my clothes, like stupid stuff like that. I think one of my first divorces had to do with an armoire. I and, remember that. And it, it was... An armoire, and I ended up asking my client, where'd you get the armoire? And she was like, last year at Nebraska Furniture Mart. And I said, can you go to Nebraska Furniture Mart this weekend and see if they have it, another one still? And she did, and I said, can you just go buy that one? <laughs> like, you do, we're not gonna fight over this armoire. You, wait, it wasn't a family heirloom worth millions of dollars? No. Brought over on the, you know, Mayflower or whatever? No. <laughs> so oftentimes, yeah, personal property can be a huge headache and nightmare. Yes. And then once we've entered the decree and we haven't said anything about the end tables and the armoire, then all of a sudden people are going, well, wait, what about the end tables? And you're like, yeah. that didn't get in the decree. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. You don't want to pay me to figure it out. Yeah. Usually. The judge does not want to hear about your end tables. Yeah. So, but sometimes we do have to go back and try to get more clarity about personal property in the house. Yeah. Storage units too. Oh my God. <laughs> Store, yes. People have storage units. Yes. And a lot of stuff in them. But but have you ever been like, okay, you've got a storage unit. Why don't you give me an inventory of what's in the storage unit? And they're like, I don't know what's in there. <laughs> no. Then you're like, why is it even important? If you don't know what's in there, why is it important? And is it mostly like folks that don't have a basement? Or it's just more stuff than what even goes in the basement? <laughs> goes in the basement <laughs> like there's a set rule these things go in the basement yes these things do not <laughs> no um but then it's paying the storage unit right and who's gonna have access at the same time no one wants yes. to be there together yes so changing that, the lock on the um, I, I had a they changed the lock on the storage unit was a big problem the padlock yes oh yeah crazy yeah, you just because you just go to Menards and get a padlock, right? Is any padlock? Well, some storage units have rules of what kind of locks you have to have. Oh. Like you have to buy it from them. We have a storage unit at our office. Do we still have the same padlock ten years later? 
We do not have a storage <laughs> unit at our office. We have a remote storage. Right, right. Yeah. That's what, and yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, this, the padlock is still the same padlock that um, you line up the letters. <laughs> And it's so gross, and it's so because our storage unit is on a gravel road, <laughs> gravel parking lot. Ugh. But I remember we got this storage unit because we needed to put some boxes in it. By the way, I've never been to this storage unit personally. I've been there many times in ten years. For some reason, that assignment as a partner always fell on you to go to the storage unit. I've just never been there. It's horrible. But I think I bought the padlock. Yes, and at one point. You said like a year into it, what was that? What was the combination again? And I was like, I have no idea. And then you spelled out it's some sort of letters. And I was like, I didn't know it was letters. Yeah, it's letters. <clears throat> Four letters. I, I rem- yeah. Our storage unit is horrible. Um, I think one time we went in there and there was like dead squirrels. <laughs> there was definitely a lot of spider webs, tons of dust. Well, it's, this has to happen with other people's storage units, right? It has to. Yeah. Anyway, storage units are a big part of divorces. Yeah. And businesses, apparently. Because you got to get them cleared out before you can stop paying the storage unit fee. And I think that usually is what happens. Yeah. No one wants the stuff inside the storage unit. But they want to fight about it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So one of the other sort of easy things after a decree is if someone wants to change their name back. And the interesting thing, too, we often get people who ask, can I change my name to something else? And the answer is, in a divorce, you can only change your name back to something it was before, your maiden name. Right. So the decree will um, have that provision in there. We get you a certified copy, and you you start by taking that to the Social Security office. Right. Get your new Social Security card. Then you go to the DMV and get your new license with your previous name so it's a restoration of your name right so that's one of the things that typically we see post decree that needs to be done but the other big thing is a retirement account oh yeah so (laughs) this is where you should not do it on your own do it on your own you should not be googling how to split your retirement account on your own yeah and when we talk about retirement accounts there's so many different kinds um we have 401ks 403bs iras roth iras pensions all those things and they annuities can, and they are not all treated equally no. so the decree is going to give us a lot of um, information about who's going to get what amount and how and then after that there's usually a fully separate court order that has to be entered right and this sometimes takes cooperation still between the folks who are divorced now, because you are divorced, even though you have to still do all this stuff to finalize it. Right, and sometimes yeah. sometimes they're amicable and sometimes they're not. Right. Well, and sometimes you may have had a trial and one person won some things and the other person's really pissed off. Yes. And they still need to sign a document to transfer some of their retirement funds. Right. And so you might have to go to court to get some of those things enforced. Yeah. Because the decree is a final court order that's enforceable. So if someone doesn't follow it, they're in trouble. Right. Um, What are some of the other things we often will close? Kids stuff. Oh, yeah. You still want to talk about money? Yeah, let's still talk about money. Let's talk about kids stuff. (laughs) Kids stuff? Okay. Kids stuff. There's a lot of kids stuff in the storage units, too. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's in there? I think dead the, squirrels. I think the interesting thing about kids stuff is I just sent an email to a client today. Like, 
you two are now going to have to figure out how you share these expenses. And there's a lot of language. Wait, you don't hold their hand and help them? And Well, so it kind of depends on the client, yeah. right? A lot of our clients are sophisticated enough to figure out right. how they're going to share expenses. And the language in the decree usually will say they're going to split these extracurricular expenses and childcare and out-of-pocket right. expenses. Um on a 50-50 basis, but they have to figure that out. Like, are they gonna reconcile that every month or every quarter? And there's really not a ton of good answers. No. But there's some apps. Yeah, they can use an app, they can use a spreadsheet, they can use a Word doc, I mean, whatever works for them. I think it would be interesting to take some sort of poll of clients like one year, five year, 10 years down the road, because I, have to guess that those clients that are sort of 10 years down the road at some point they're like eh that's more work than it takes like you pay for about half the stuff and I pay for about half the stuff than trying to figure out how much do you owe me at the end of the month right um I would say for most people the dollar amount of what it is probably dictates if they're going to ask the other person for reimbursement right um and it also probably depends on how successful they've been in the past of actually getting paid. Because if they're not getting paid, they're gonna stop asking, probably. Yeah, and clients will even talk a lot about like, okay, does that include school supplies? Sure, it should. Yeah. Um, and so I think recently with a lot of things like Venmo and Cash App and things, it makes it a lot easier for people right. to just quick make a payment to the other person. Yeah, too. Venmo or PayPal would make it really easy Yeah, to just transfer money back and forth. But another thing with kids is maybe someone wasn't paying child support before or maybe they weren't using a income withholding. So now with the final order that might happen and it's a heck of a lot easier to just have the money be taken out of your check. Well, and it's required by statute too to have income withholding. Right. But not everybody puts it in the decree, right? Right. So it's like, um, I I know me, if I was paying child support, I would just want to take it out on my check so I wouldn't have to think about it. Right, and then it like gets tracked too. Yeah. The child support enforcement tracks it so you don't have an arrearage at the end of the year. Because um, if you do, you file your tax return and if you're gonna get a refund, that's going straight to your right. ex-spouse. It's just way easier for everybody if there's an income withholding, I think. I have some clients say, I don't want it income withheld because I don't, my employer doesn't need to know about it. And I often say, your employer doesn't care and they're a payroll processor. Yeah. They're required to do a withholding if right. you have a child support order. Right. So. <laughs> like it's some sort of value judgment, judgment yeah. on that person. Like you must be a terrible person if you're paying child support. Okay. Right. Well like, 50% of divorced people pay child support. And it usually just means you make more money than the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Not a value judgment. We, at our, it's like our rug at our office. It says, yes. come on in, we don't judge. And then in parentheses, we're lawyers. Come on. I wish it said, duh. Duh. <laughs> we're lawyers, duh. Or we don't judge, duh. We don't, we're not judges. Right. We're lawyers, duh. Duh. Some people don't know that judges are lawyers. Seriously? Yes, people. What people? I don't know. Who do you hang out with? I didn't say they were my friends. Twitter. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so around the time of a final decree, what happens if someone doesn't sign? 
Well, the only time it's required that like the people getting divorced would sign the decree, the final order would be if they have agreed upon everything. They've made a settlement, right? Then they have to sign off saying, I read this, I'm in agreement, yada, yada, and here's I'm not drunk, I'm not high. Yeah. No one's forced me. I'm over 19. (laughs) I'm, here's my ID, here I am who I said I was. It gets notarized. Right, but if you have a trial where each side presents evidence to the judge and the judge decides, the judge is just gonna say, here you go, here's your your degree. Yeah, here's your decree. It is what I said it is. You don't have to sign it. So if someone isn't signing, it's probably their indication of their lack of agreement. Right. We do have a handful of cases, though, that are called default decrees. Right. Um, where one person just doesn't participate in the case at all. Right. They've been served with the initial documents, and then we have to wait a 60-day waiting period. And then we can say, judge, we've served them. They never filed any answer. They didn't show up to this hearing today. Enter this decree. Yeah. And then the judge will enter it without the other person's signature approval. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we have. I think there's a, a huge amount of those that enough that you think are. I think these people are just looking the other way, right? Like they're just totally ignoring this thing in their life. And they're like, yeah, whatever. The ones that surprise me are when the people like had a relationship. I mean, I get it if you got married and like you never really developed any sort of relationship after the marriage, but it's the people that have kids together, maybe own some property together, and the other person's just like, I'm out. Right. You know, I usually think there's some mental health going on. Certainly. There in that situation, but. All right, uh, before we go to our questions, what if someone ignores the judge judgment? Yeah, so a divorce decree is a judgment. It's like, you must do this or else. The ju- and, and there can be interest-bearing things, too. Oh, yeah. So if anyone has a court order saying they need to do something and they don't do it, they can be held in contempt of court, which means basically they didn't follow the order. Yeah, civil contempt. Yeah, and we talked a lot about willful contemnatious. Oh yeah, in season I, I two, think I think right. it was. Yeah. yeah, we talked a lot about contempt of court um, and what the judge can do and how the process works and stuff like that. Yeah, but, you can ultimately go to jail. Right, or be ordered to do the certain things with interest maybe, if it's payments, um, you can, yeah, go to jail. The judge can yell at you. <laughs> Yeah, that happens. That does happen. One of the things that's really important is that when a decree is entered, there are certain things that need to be in there in order for someone to potentially be held in contempt later. So if, you know, the unfortunate thing is someone is doing a decree on their own and then later there's no mention of a house, for example. Right. And then they're like, well, why is my name still on the house? Well, you still own it, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You didn't put that in your divorce that you were gonna split it somehow. Yeah, so I think the decree is like the most important thing for someone to have an attorney review or yeah. draft. And even you know, even if uh, you have no kids, no property, which is very rare, right? you still should have an attorney review it. Right, yeah. All right, are we ready for the questions? Yeah, let's do the uh, Google divorce questions. All right. 
what you need to do when your divorce is final. Google is <laughs> is Doctor Phil divorced? Why did this come up? I wonder. Um, I don't know. We should Google it. I have no idea. I don't even know if he's married. Is he still on? I don't know. Did you ever watch him? Um, like when did he start? Well, he started ago? on Oprah. He was like Oprah's marriage guru. I feel like. And then he spun off on his own thing. Yeah. And then he got a little weird. Like he had, he started, like his show started getting really trashy. I feel like. Is he still on? I don't, I don't know. I already asked you that. I know. I'm just really wondering. I could, we don't know the answer. <laughs> Is divorce a sin? <laughs> uh, well, our office is hell then if divorce is a sin because we divorce a lot of people. It's the we don't judge thing. You know, I mean, there's no judgment about getting divorced from our office. Yeah. Our answer, no. No. Next. Are divorce records public? Yes. Yes. Most of the time. Yes. Um. So you can seal your, you can ask the court to seal your case you have to have a good reason to do so not likely you're going to get it sealed so your decree is probably going to be open to the public yeah but all the filings yeah but if people really sort of need to know how to get access to them even if it's sealed no oh. if it's sealed you're never going to get access right right to right it. right but like you kind of got to know how to navigate like i can find anyone's decree in a second because but you can't just google it no, you have to have access to a certain docket right. with a subscription. Right. So it's public. And when you file, it's going in the paper. Right. That there's a new case. The newspaper. Yes. I thought you meant like there's the paper file. Like oh, the, oh, the paper paper. Oh. Which does, the courthouse does maintain paper records still. I need to clarify the newspaper. Yeah, newspaper. Okay. People magazine. <laughs> Next. Why did Kim and Kanye get divorced? Are okay, are they actually divorced? I don't I don't like I barely know who they are. <laughs> you do not you do not. You know who they are. She's a Kardashian. And he and is he's Kanye West. But he just recently what does he changed do? his name though. He changed his name to like Ye Yiwei Y E. I just read something in in the news. Y E like the end? Yeah. Kanye. Just the yay part. Do you know what he does? Oh, that's where it comes from. Do you know what Kanye does? <laughs> nope. You don't? Is he a basketball player? <laughs> that's one of the other Kardashians. <laughs> you don't know. He's a, he's a singer. He's terrible, though. I, oh, I, politically, music, he's the problem, right? No, he's a, I don't. His music is horrible. Isn't he a Trumpy? Oh, Isn't this is the, yeah. Well, but then he wanted to run for president, too. Oh, yeah. So weird. Yeah. Okay, now. Yeah. This is, I blocked him out because he's awful, right? And I think. So hopefully they're divorced. Do we like him? I don't know. What's mm -hmm. happening? Next. <laughs> What's the funniest moments you've seen in a divorce? There's almost rarely anything funny. They're more funny like, oh, my God, can you believe that happened? So I'll tell you, let me tell you about my first divorce hearing that I did when I was in the legal clinic at Creighton. Oh. The um, the other side, I represented the wife, was in jail. And his parents showed up to the hearing. And it was a default hearing where, you know, he'd been served, but he never answered. They didn't have any kids. And his parents came and sat in the front row. And they were like... um like giving her like the evil eye during her testimony 
and like glaring at her and the judge finally said because i couldn't see them because they're kind of like behind you over your shoulder and the judge said ma'am because apparently the mom was doing it much more than the guy <laughs> and i thought he was me mamming me because i was in the middle of asking her all the questions ma'am i will not have you glaring and make i guess she was doing hand gestures and like and you were like i was like what am i what did i do what did i do but he wasn't looking at me and then i was like oh and he he was like you will not turn my courtroom into the jerry springer show if you can't control yourself you're going to be removed and then he looked over at her and he was like, okay, ma'am, you can continue. <laughs> Is and, that judge still on the bench? No, it was Judge Moran. He was oh, so awesome. Yeah. I really liked him. Um, he retired. He was he was a great judge. I mean, he was no BS, but like fair to everybody. So then afterwards, they were like, they sat there normal, I guess. And then they were like, well, she still has his couch. <laughs> how can we get the couch? And she's like, I told you, you could get that couch anytime you wanted. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a couch. <laughs> so it was a special couch. Well, yeah. one, I shared this with our attorney text string a couple days ago, and I just remembered this, that it was like eight years ago, my time hop said, I posted, you know it's gonna be a good trial when the judge says to the opposing party at the beginning of the trial, ma'am, are you under the influence of any drugs or alcohol? <laughs> So not the other lawyer. There, there the was other, no other lawyer on the, the other, other side. Person, yeah. And and under the table, you kind of go like, yes, I totally won this because she's crazy and drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so good, memorable. So that was the funniest thing that you can remember. That that probably was a good memorable moment. So yeah. All right. When divorce is final, it's never final. It's not final. Thanks for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. We need you to subscribe. Get in there. Hit that subscribe button and listen to all the rest of the episodes, please. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. And be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Hightower Rep Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com. We'll see you next week.